Welcome to the podcast. Every week I'll share leadership thoughts, books I'm reading, or tools I'm using to teach leadership skills. I believe everyone has influence. Every family, school, church, city, country is determined by its capacity for effective leadership. So let's jump in. Welcome to the Leadership Podcast. Part of the value of this for me is I get to share with those of you who are followers of the podcast what I'm thinking through right now, what I'm dealing with on a leadership level right now. And so both in the output of material and the process of authentic development myself, one of the investments this year that I've had is in the Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. And I wanted to let you in on a process I've been involved with, with the Five Dysfunctions of a Team being our pathway today. And think about this in terms of the team you lead, the people you impact. As I lead you through these five dysfunctions, and then what commensurately are five functions of a healthy team, <clears throat> excuse me, And uh, as I let you in on the process we're going through with our leadership team at Southbrook, if you have read The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, you know that it is in the form of a pyramid, and the bottom of the pyramid starts with the absence of trust. Teams that trust one another on a fundamental emotional level and are comfortable being vulnerable with each other about their weaknesses about their mistakes, their fears, and their behaviors function at a, at a very high level. But, but they had to get to that point of vulnerability. And those teams that exhibit an absence of trust cannot build a healthy flow, a healthy functioning. And this is where we talk a lot now about the importance that trust be seen as not predictability, but vulnerability. I trust you not when I, well, I've known you long enough. I know what you're going to do, so I trust you. No, that's not trust. Trust is I am, I am willing to share with you information about myself, ideas that I'm embracing, ideals that I would like to see happen, fulfilled, realized, and you could use that information against me. You, you could actually uh, question me on the basis of that admission. And so for us this year, one of the things that you may know happened is since 2011, I had been removed from uh, both of my own accord and agreement with our leadership. I had essentially been removed from the process of leading Southbrook on a day-to-day basis. With the vision team, I led in the control tower. If you think about an air traffic control tower, and uh, I led from that vantage point, but our staff was in the actual airplane, in the cockpit, our our leadership team of, of staff leading the airplane. And one of the decisions we made this year was to really have a healthy culture. We agreed with Lencioni that the leader has to be involved in that culture, in the development of that culture. This was no fault of any of our staff or leadership team. 
it was a simple accession, acceptance of the reality that if the leader's not involved in the culture, you're not going to have a healthy culture. So I re-engaged. I went not only from spending time in the air traffic control tower and trying to direct where we go, but in actually helping fly the plane both. And that created a, a challenge for our leadership team who had not been used to me being in meetings, leading meetings. And it took a, a long process of building a, a trust-based team, uh, being able to be vulnerable with one another. And I'm confident as we began that process back in March that we have made huge headways into building vulnerability, being able to say, hey, I have a concern about this. I'm afraid of this. Words that I'm not so sure we always were willing to admit and to open up about in the past. If you don't do that, if you don't get to the place where team members are willing to be vulnerable with one another, you don't have an authentic, transparent basis to go to number two. And that is the ability to engage in conflict. The second characteristic of a dysfunctional team is a fear of conflict. Teams that trust one another are not afraid to engage in passionate dialogue around issues and decisions that are key to the organization's success. And so healthy teams don't hesitate to disagree with, to challenge, to question one another. Because the spirit is, we want to find the best answers. We want to discover the truth. We want to lead from the point of defining reality. And we want to make great decisions. We want to always make sure that we have, we have adequately contributed to the pool of meaning whenever we have dialogue about a decision we have to make. And so, obviously, a natural consequence of trust is a willingness to engage in conflict. But a natural consequence of the absence of trust is we, we, won't, we won't hit the mattresses. We won't get to the point of what is reality here, and can we set aside ego? You see, I think this one is, is dealing with the reality that people who are secure within and secure around each other can disagree with one another. Does your team have conflict? The team that doesn't have conflict doesn't exhibit progress. Because that leads to number three. A fear of conflict naturally leads to a lack of commitment. Teams that engage in unfiltered conflict, respectful but unfiltered conflict, are able to achieve authentic buy-in around important decisions, even when members of the team necessarily disagree with each other. Buy-in doesn't mean we have a consensus. It doesn't mean we have absolute clarity. But it does mean that I, I, we adequately feel like I was able to be heard in conflict, in concerns, in disagreements, and thereby when we come to the point of okay, the, the pilot says this is the direction we have to head. We can all say, okay, in the cockpit, we were able to contribute to this decision. But at the end of the day, the leader has to make the decision of here's where we're headed. I feel there's been an adequate contribution 
in conflict, and now we're able to make a commitment. The barriers to commitment are the need for consensus and the need for clarity. And that means that in conflict, I set aside the need to make sure everybody's assuaged with their acceptance of the decision. But also clarity means that we don't have a have 100% certainty is what that means. Clarity is always important. We're going to talk about that in coming podcasts. Clarity is really the end goal. But clarity, if it's the byproduct of we have certainty about this, is a prohibitor of commitment. Certainty means there are no risks, and no risk means there's not going to be any growth. But all we need to have a commitment is the capacity that came as a result of trust to have conflict with one another. Do you have that? I, I, we just reached this week as a team some significant decisions. We are reframing our mission statement. It's been about 10 years since we reiterated and reclarified why do we exist? Why do we exist? What are our core values and what do we do? What do we do? And these, these are the first three of six questions that Lencioni asked in The Advantage to get to a point of clarity. And it, it was, it, I actually just had a meeting last night that was followed an all-day meeting with our leadership team and then a meeting last night with our vision team where there was a wholehearted commitment to the reframing of why we exist. And uh, we we feel really good about the simplicity and the clarity of the reason we exist. Our mission is to connect people to Christ, not religion. That our, our contribution is we can get people mainlining Christ, but not because we're making them religious practitioners who just check in but people who have a genuine relationship with Christ that affects everything they do. It resonates that they are a person with that relationship with Christ. They're then a partner if they're married with a relationship with their spouse. Then they're a parent with a relationship with their children. And they're a professional with a relationship with their calling. And that this genuine relationship with Christ, this connection to one another to Christ is what affects their life, not a religious checkbox. And so we, we, everybody last night, there was that sense of collegiality, that commitment to that. We, we talked about our five core values, uh, that it's easy to remember these five and the buy-in to number G stands. It's great as the acrostic G stands for generosity unlocks spiritual growth. That first core value of I have been graced and now I see myself as a funnel generously committing my resources, my time, my talent, my treasures to building in to others, to building into the kingdom of Christ. R stands for reconciliation. Reconciliation is the ministry of Christ and the Christ follower. We uh, we are we are to call all people ourselves to a reconciliation with God and reconciliation with each other. Boy, does our world need that? 
E stands for excellence honors God and inspires people. A stands for authenticity is the means by which we grow. Only an authentic commitment to transparency and to being real about who we are. Not just religious facade, but an authentic human integration with the reality of Christ. And then T stands for truth will set everyone free. At the end of the day, Christ is the truth and he brings us into commitment to reality and to connection to reality. And we we had a collegial ownership of that, which then led to what do we do? What do we do? We have we do life on life development, life on life discipleship. It's one life investing in another life who invests in another life who invests in another life. And it was it was great as a result of now about six or seven months of process that there was this ownership, this commitment to those values and practices. And that's leading to what is yet to be what is yet to be experienced here. And that is the the fourth dysfunction of a team is avoidance of accountability, because if you don't have commitment, we don't know what to hold each other accountable to, which then leads to inattention to results, because if we don't hold each other accountable, we don't have results that we can measure and because we've engaged in trust and conflict and committed and we hold each other accountable, we we we, we don't have to set aside uh, results. We can embrace that, yes, we have some results. We don't have results here. Then we want to hold each other accountable to that. And I'm looking forward to 2020 because that's when we're going to be able to clarify that we are a results-based organization. And we know this week what our staff needs to do in order for us to have the results that we want to have in connecting people to Christ and affecting people one life at a time. And I hope that summary of the five dysfunctions uh, guides you as you go into 2020 with your leadership capacity and uh, with us on this journey that you'll join us in becoming every bit the leader you can be, a leader who builds trust practices healthy conflict, builds commitment, holds accountability in high regard, because that's leadership at the end of the day, and then we achieve the results that we want in our teams that raise up the value of, of people. Until next time on the Leadership Podcast, this is Charlie McMahon. Thanks for listening. Tune in every week as we continue learning and growing in faith, in life, and leadership. And if this has been helpful to you, subscribe and spread the word. And I will talk to you next week.